I'm Danielle Royston, and this is Telco in 20. We're hitting the road. I've been in London celebrating Telco and 20's first anniversary and chatting it up with those cloud lovers, Scott Bacchano and Ian Morris from the telecoms.com podcast. That's right. I went to the home turf of the cloud skeptics and I was psyched to be a guest on the other big podcast in Telco. I mean, if you're going to listen to two podcasts in telecom, it's Telco and 20 and telecoms.com, right? (laughs) Those guys like to record their podcast on Friday afternoons and pop open a couple of beers and chat about what's going on in Telco. So I brought some killer craft beers all the way from Austin, Texas to loosen them up for our chat about the public cloud. And so we sat down to talk about why the public cloud is so awesome for Telco. This episode brings that conversation to you. Fair warning, the telecoms.com podcast usually runs about an hour and change. Very different from our 20-minute podcast. So settle in and get ready to listen to our fun debate about the public cloud coming to Telco. And don't forget that I'm hosting a live coding workshop as part of TM Forum's Digital Transformation World Series, where you can learn how to build applications with the TM Forum Open APIs, Tatogi, and AWS. So send me a DM on Twitter at TelcoDR or message me on LinkedIn and I'll get you on the list. And now, here it is, a rare dual release, Telco in 20 and Telecoms.com podcast. Let's take 120. Hello and welcome to another Telecoms.com podcast. For the second week running, we've got a very special guest, and this is the much-trailed Danielle Royston. Welcome, Danielle. Thank it's great you. to have you here at I'm long s- last. I am psyched. I feel a little bit like uh, Obama going on to Fox News with you guys. <laughs> right. Since I am like the public so cloud. I, you guys I, tend to write a little bit about the public cloud. Am I, uh, am I Tucker Carlson? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind. I'm all right with that. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So, obviously, um, one thing we flagged up, whenever we talk about a public cloud, Danielle's name often comes up because you're a self-proclaimed public cloud evangelist, yeah, if I've I'm positioned the, you correctly. I'm the, I'm the public cloud cheerleader. Uh, oh, there we go. Look at this. She's bought props. Right. <laughs> that rah, rah, rah. Right? I mean, okay. I, I got that guy. I got, I got you know, we're number one. <laughs> right? We're number one. Go public cloud. Well, yes. Excellent. Well, that is... Um, we couldn't ask any more of an evangelist, <laughs> except for some kind of pulpit and a, and a Bible. Right, I, I skipped the outfits a little bit chilly today in right, London, well, so okay. no right, cheerleader outfit for you. But <laughs> but I do have my props. Right. So you did have one. You just, yeah, did I just did it pretty good. I do have, no, honestly. I, mean, I play tennis. Um, yeah, so you got a tennis, and outfit. I have tennis skirts. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I hear you were playing tennis yesterday. Um, I was playing. So tennis who were you playing yesterday. tennis with? I was playing with uh, Ray Lemaitre. No yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, must have he challenged me. He challenged you. He challenged me, That's and he wanted he wanted to, to play a proper proper match. Yeah, right. so he played two sets. How and, good's Ray? What was the score? Um, he's you know he's uh, he's pretty good. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's pretty good. I knew he played right. to, to he's half. I mean, he's good. At, he's good at table tennis. I know he's good at table tennis. Yep. He's, um, he's so humiliated. He has some. He has really good court sense, and he's faster than you think he is. Think an old git would be. Well, I didn't say that you did, but <laughs> but just you know, kind of you know, typically as you get older, it's tough to move side to side or front yeah. and back. And I tested all of those sort of right. elements, and he did so a good job. Yeah, covering the court. He yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah, what was the fun. score? 
Come on. Um, I won six two six one. That's all right. You got a few games. Yeah. I mean, you're you were. You were a pro, were you? Or semi-pro? I'm not a pro. I'm not a pro. Yeah, I played, you're highly ranked at ITF level. Yeah, I played. Hands. I played university tennis, and yeah. then took like you know 20 years off because yeah. right. mom worked. It's a bit of a gap. Yeah, <laughs> and then decided to get back into it, and sort of that competitive bug doesn't ever leave you. Right. I think it's just part of your DNA. And so I was like, what does it take to get ranked in Texas, and then in the United States, and then the world? And wow. so pre-COVID, um, I achieved my highest ranking of being 20th. In the wow. world, nice in my, one. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, women that play tournaments that are fifty or older, right? It's a little bit of a yeah, it's still, it's still narrow good. narrowing of the field there. there. <laughs> yeah, but just recently, I was. Well, at, I'm pretty sure I get no in there. I'm not even fifty yet, although I am soon. Have you heard? Um, yeah, I don't think um, I get anywhere near. No, but I was just in Croatia last month, uh, participating in the ITF I World Team. Uh, tennis tournament, which is the only tournament that I know of that you can't just apply and play in. You have to be selected by your country. So, um, so yeah, I was competing with the best in the world in a That's team good. event, and it was super fun. And so I think, I think Ray saw that and was like, "Okay, I want to." Having some of that, actually. Yeah. So we had a really good time. It was, it was windy. It was rainy. Was it just a laugh, or did he make a sort of telecom TV thing of it? He made a like, telecom is gonna, TV. Is he going to publish? We like, did an highlights. interview on the courts. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, we mixed it up with some tennis stuff, and so I think they're, they'll they'll publish that shortly. Excellent. But oh, it was super fun. We had some champagne and pims, and oh, good stuff. it was really. I mean, race race starting to steal Absolutely. our thunder. We're going to yeah. need to raise our game. Yes. If even Ray's drinking on camera, uh, he was not drinking on camera. Uh, I mean, well, we had I to keep. I mean, I think thing. he really was. I mean. Thinking seriously about the tennis, I won't. Yeah. Pl- I, I cannot drink and then play. So, no, no, so I wasn't no. drinking. I was like, well, I mean, I'm. I have to. That beat might him. be where I've gone wrong all these years. <laughs> drink first, then play. <laughs> so for some, that's two balls. <laughs> anyway, I have to get you to play my son. Yeah, have you Is heard about he... his son? He's, no. he's about seven in the country in his, in his age group. Oh, so, wow. I'm sure he'll yeah. destroy me. Well, I mean, he's, yeah. he's good. He's How old is trying he? to be. He's 17. Oh, yeah. yeah. Game over. But, There's but, no way. But it'd still be kind of. I know. guess. No, he's going to hit I mean, so I, hard. Is he tall? I he's, mean, he's. He wasn't tall, but he's almost my height now, yeah. so he's sort of going up. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, there's, there's, he's that good and male and tall. Yeah, I, mean, I can't play I can't him, break a serve. Yeah, It'll be really. I'm tiny. I'm 5'4. I don't know what that is in the metric system, but. We use we use feet and inches. Oh, sweet! Yeah, but the world. You're, you're almost a foot yeah. shorter than I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm six three. Yeah, my husband's yeah. six three. Right? right, we look ridiculous. Okay, in, so you're used to in in photographs. I to look but I I actually brought you guys gifts. Oh, bribe right? of the week! Right, right. It is a little bit. I got it. I got it. I got to do this. So first of all, I brought you a yeti. It was your birthday, I think. Oh, is that for Wait, me? You, you get to keep the yeti. It's for you. I was asking Declan about it. It's being all shifty. I was wondering why. So Yeti, so in those ja- are amazing. Cool. So in um, in Japanese nice. business, this has been a very profitable birthday. So <laughs> in Japanese business, you're supposed to bring gifts from your hometown, right? Right, not necessarily like fancy gifts, but that you were thoughtful. And so Yeti is actually from Austin, right? Cool. Right, and so they're known for their tumblers and their coolers, mostly for hunters, mm. right? Go out into the whatever and shoot things. Very Texan of me. But maybe uh, like a a thing. You know, you know who's a big advocate of Yeti? 
Rogan. Yeah. All right. Uh, Are you a fan of this? We both pick me and Pierre, both pick Rogan. So the other thing I did was I brought you guys some beers. I I realized we have like a shit ton of beers here. So these are cold. They're cold. They're cold. You've got bits of ice going on. I do. This is pro. So the first beer I brought you guys is made by a pizza house in Austin called Electric Jellyfish. Did you bring, did you bring this over from the States? I did. I liked some? it personally. Oh, you're so thoughtful. So That's I brought very, one for, very, very I brought kind. three. Now no, I feel bad being a dick about a public cloud. <laughs> no, I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The second beer I brought you. Kill you with kindness. The second beer I brought you is called Hell Yes. And so I hope by, yeah. by the end of the pod, you guys are saying Hell Yes to the public cloud. Right, I see. Well, we'll <laughs> okay. see. Okay. So that's a good. I I should have researched exactly what kind of beers. And then I brought. I I did bring. You don't some, need to research. As and then long as I, it's got I brought beer some gluten-free beer because I didn't know. Okay, and Pierre we sorted you out with it. one or two. And so this one is called Sun Eater. I'll rename it Cloud Eater. Ooh. Sorry, there's ice. That's right. Don't worry. It's okay. But yeah, sorry. There that's how go. good the the Yetis are. See. The I mean, yeah, the, the, well, I didn't the bring it with the ice. I put the ice in this morning. Oh, that's brilliant, Daniel. There you go. This is a present for you. That's incredibly kind of you. Thank you very much. All the way from Austin, cool. Texas. Cool. Wow. Yeah, go well, Austin. Well, I reckon we'll have that on the pods every every week. No, we'll get the beers out of the fridge and yeah. just keep it in there. Yes. Yeah. Right? Oh, yes. Someone can be responsible for <laughs> putting the... This that is, means we can have like... now the Telecoms.com podcast. Sponsored by Yeti. <laughs> that means we can have like three-hour Rogan podcast without yeah. running out of cold beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you need... A, a, yeah, or just whatever. So well, that's can hold, can hold. I think Very it's cool. advertised to hold six, but I have eight in there. Yeah, yeah. Electric jellyfish. No, highly... Everyone raves about this guy. Yeah, that's six and a half percent. I might have to. Drink and it's it. a big tin of six and a half percent. It could. I might have to wait. And then, wait till the second half of the pod. And then for this that. is from the Austin. That's a um, Pint House Pizza. They have like the, a little microbrewery. And then this is from Austin Beer Garden. Uh huh. So there you go. What's that? Is that a bit more manageable? What's What's the damage on that one, Pierre? Uh, what does it say? Four point five. That's right that's now. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Good so man. there you go. Give it a taste. Brilliant. So there you go. Well, gotta, I promise gotta I'll warm cr- you I'll crack up. that one Got to warm you up before we talk about the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's very cool. Okay, I think we spoke quite a lot of shit, haven't You're we? Welcome. We better yeah. crack on with it. Yeah. Um, what we're going to speak about this week, so obviously, um, public cloud is Danielle's thing. Ian and I have fairly sort of overt opinions as to the pros and cons of it. And so we finally get a chance to thrash that out in person. So we can talk about that and, and find out a bit more about what you do. Yeah. Um, and things like my war Congress, yeah. which, as you pointed out, we jokingly called Daniel Royston Congress. The DRC. DRC. Yeah, I love that. That was like actually the goal. <laughs> right. And I think I succeeded. That's a, that's a branding win. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we'll, we'll just take that as far as it takes us. But we have got a couple of other things we might um, chat about in terms of the, the week's news. Um, we, had, we finally had the conclusion of the, of the Huawei CFO Meng. What's her surname again? Wanju. Wanju. Meng Wanzhou, she's been uh, she's been sort of in limbo in Canada for a couple of years while the US tried to extradite her, and in the end they just gave up and just went, oh, "Fuck it, go on then, back to China with you." Hmm. So off she went. Or leadership changed in the country, but yeah, could be, could be, yeah. Well, it presumably was Trump's bright idea in the first place. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't so, know, maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not to get political. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> if we, it was just down the pile on Biden's to-do list. I know. Oh, here we go. It was yeah. like deal with Ming. Yeah, it's her turn. Um, <laughs> and you know, we're not. I don't. I don't feel inclined to get into my new show of the legalities of it because I don't think it actually came down to law in the end. It came down to politics and international diplomacy, and it's the international diplomacy side of it that interests me. And there are one or two other things that have happened in the last week or so that 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 point to what I hope is a sort of positive shift in terms of international diplomacy. Let's see. And then the only other thing that. 
I fancy chatting about is sort of big tech or big internet companies getting more into consumer devices uh, in the form of Facebook and the metaverse um, and um, Amazon, not AWS, uh, Amazon, uh, the the sort of, I guess that you'd call it the retail side, the e-tail side, getting into robots and sort of domestic IoT and all that sort of thing. And I've got some thoughts on how desirable that is. And you can imagine the along the lines of my usual dystopian paranoia. So um, so that's that. And just to remind you that if you're watching it on the site or on YouTube or on Facebook, you can also listen to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and loads of other podcasting platforms. Cool. Right, I better get this star sorted so I can get onto that bad boy. Um, <laughs> so, Danielle, so here we are. Um, why don't we start by... So you were you were a few years ago your CEO of a company called Optiva, is that right? Yeah, formerly Redney. I think a lot of people right. know it as Redney, but yeah. And then it. and then when that finished, you just you started up what's your company called now? Well I have two that I'm oh, kind okay. of involved with. So I got Telco DR, which is my Twitter handle. Yeah. Please follow me. <laughs> and um, the other one is Tatogi, which is You should the before we forget you should you should plug your own podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, the Telco and so, Twenty podcast. So and it's the other Telco podcast. The other Telco <laughs> podcast. And and you're actually planning to get some of this and sort of whack it into one of your podcasts, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna be a dual drop. I think there that's we go. right. Is that the technical term? I don't know if that's it? a technical. Term. I we just don't know. Maybe it's an American thing. It. We're gonna drop them at the same time. <laughs> sounds on more like, Monday. A, like a drug dealing type. Of thing, <laughs> like an, like no, it sounds like a Beyonce. Like an album, yeah, like an it's like Beyonce and Kanye. I've like just been rewatching The Wire, so I'm I'm really up on the. Okay, you're into the you know sort of drug dealing lingo just just a lingo i don't actually deal <laughs> thank you my bosses at informer um okay so telco dr uh, yes so so you got that pod and you talk about telecomsy stuff i talk on my podcast i focus on how telco is going to move to the public cloud and it's called telco in 20 because i think that's going to take 20-ish years it's going to take a long time okay so and then start the- panicking it and the podcast is usually about 20-minute episodes, right? okay. really geared towards telco executives. So Okay, cool. So. And you said you've got another business. Or Tatogi. Is that, well, mind us, I don't, don't think I was aware of that yeah, one. Yeah, Tatogi is a software business, and it's building all the software you need. If you're a telco that's hell-bent on going to the public cloud, you need tools that really know how to use the public cloud the right way. And yeah. so we've launched a charger because that's like the heart of monetization. And we've launched a BSS. And so that's not all of it. It's going to be a lot more. We think that if you're like, I mean, let's take like Dish, for example, who's kind of gone really all in, all on, in. The, on the public. The most that we... I think I, think I, the, put, the, I think I put it that way precisely the, in a headline once. The right cloud as well, yeah? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we'll can debate that. that. We'll get we on to that. Yeah, and Tatogi's, yeah, there's reasons for that. But, you know, if you're a Dish and you go shopping for software, right, yeah. and the things that you need for that, let's just, just say that that's your strategy. You need you have a shopping list, and yeah. so Tatogi's going to build all that software mm-hmm. for you. And for those people that are all in on the public cloud and don't have the trepidations of it, mm-hmm. right? Get over it. And we, we so, can talk so a charger would be the sort of stuff that, that you might associate with someone like OpenNet or and, charging. I mean, soft, yeah, I mean the software charging, vendor. I mean, that, yeah. my previous employer, Optiva, was Optiva. a charging company, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I love charging. Like some people thought it was a dead commodity. I yeah. think it's the most exciting thing. And out that's. There. That's charging as in billing as opposed as to in charging rating, up your phone. Yeah. Well, no, remember yeah. nights and weekends? 
if you're as old as me, like minutes. Um, oh, right. You're supposed I to see. call on nights and weekends because it was yeah, cheaper. So sort of that's rating. Tariffs AKA. And, and bespoke. I, I yeah, billing. There's a software yeah. that does all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always just group that in BSS. Yeah, Am I wrong BSS, to this? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Well, it's kind of like a little, it's it's like the one thing that kind of spans OSS, right? It's just sort of, okay. sometimes yeah. in organizations, network owns it, and sometimes in organizations, IT owns it, but it, it really spans because it sits mm. on the network to like figure out, you know, yeah. quota and do you have enough um, and, uh, credit to, to get it to go through. And the yeah. Tatogi thing, I mean, you made quite a big investment in that, didn't you? This was the, I think, 100, about 100 million. dollars. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but, good for you, man. I, I can afford but, to bring you beer. But there was also <laughs> cost even more than that Yeti. But there's also other others in mind, other kind of companies that yeah, you might. Yeah, so I move. mean, your question was, you know, who am I? What am I doing? And okay. so, you know, I have this huge vision. I, you know, it's kind of why I'm here. I think that it's a mega trend. It's coming to telco. You can't really stop it. You got to think about what you're going to, as a telco executive, as a telco company, you got to decide. What you're going to do about it, right? Yeah. Um, are you going to avoid it? Are you going to use it? How much are you going to use it? And so I think, number one, with an idea like that, there needs to be an evangelist in the industry. And no one really is the public health cheerleader. So I was like, there was a gap, and I was like, that's going to be me. So it's like a cheeky question. If it's so inevitable, why does it need to be evangelized at all? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of confusion about it. And so, I mean, a couple of years ago... Everyone told me I was wrong. It would never happen. Right. And now here we are seeing people using yeah. it in different ways. And and so like, like every month we're writing I, some I would, story about another operator has gone all in. Yeah. I mean, maybe at some point I will have to stop. But I think there's still a lot of... <laughs> there's, I'd be happy. Maybe in 20 years. Maybe. But maybe it, I hope it doesn't take that long. But it is very early days, isn't it? It is. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I know you say we, it's early days, but we keep hearing about all th- this. There's not, a lot of pub, there's not a lot of telecom in the public cloud. I mean, we, we raise concerns, I think, because we... So you're going that way and you see operators doing these all-in-one deals and and you see the structure of the market. But there's very, very little uh, telecom at the moment in the public cloud. I mean, it's probably gone a lot more slowly than other industries, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, correct. And I think it's going to take a long time. And so if you look continent by continent, like South America really, I mean, there's been some partnerships, but not like North America and Western Europe, yeah. right? We haven't heard anything really about Africa, for example. Mm-hmm. Hyperscalers, there's not a lot of hyperscaler activity on that continent, yeah. right? Middle East, right? A little bit of strategic uh, agreements, but not a lot of movement. And so it is early days, right? but, but even in North America, it's only, I mean, I Dish has announced this big deal, but it's, it's an innovator anyway. It's a greenfield network. Yeah. And then the only other one really is, is AT&T with its plans to move the, the whole 5G operation in. The others haven't really. Well, no, Verizon, aware, I think, has done a lot. But they're right. kind of they're using like AWS for edge stuff with Wavelength. They're yeah. using GCP for some AI stuff. Yeah. And so they're kind of splitting their, their bets a little bit. And mm-hmm. so um, I think T-Mobile does stuff as well. But it's, it's a li- obviously a little bit easier in North America because the hyperscalers are from the United States and so that's yeah. a little bit easy but like I think in Europe it's starting to pick up steam and Asia I think they're KDDI just signed um, a deal with uh, well, I don't know if it's just but with AWS Wavelength so I think the experimentation is yeah starting we see to more bits and bobs it's a bit more piecemeal over here in Europe I mean I suppose it's gonna be easier for a greenfield operator yeah. like Dish to go all in and just go fuck it from the start. I, th- I think they're turning up in a lot of deals. Like you see, like you know, Scott and I write every week almost, it seems, as, as you just said, about AWS doing an edge deal with Vodafone or something. But there's a difference between that and actually having, 
you know, putting all of your workloads into the cloud, which right. is sort of what you're talking about, isn't it? Moving that and embracing it completely. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely talk about the edge. And I think that a lot of people focus on the network, obviously, because that's where the CapEx expense is. But I talk about IT side, right? Yeah. I talk about all those workloads. And so I think there's thousands of applications, not even like the super critical ones, right? That I think you should just like move them over to the public cloud. And what would be the, the argument for, for doing it? Because there's various views on this, I know. And there's there's one, I mean, I guess when when, when this came along originally, the idea of, of sort of running things from the cloud, a lot of it was sort of, as I understand it, it was Silicon Valley, small Silicon Valley companies that wouldn't necessarily want to go and spend money on their own. Servers. Packard servers. Yeah, therefore or it was, IT teams. Yeah, and therefore you, you to, to, to sort of do it through the cloud was a, a cost-effective way of doing it. But one criticism would be as you get bigger and... You know, it's like when you set up your own taxi company and it gets big enough, you don't want to hire cars. You actually want to buy your own fleet. So, right. um, I mean, does that apply when you're a really big operator and you're scaling up? Are you still seeing benefits in, in terms of costs and other things from making this move? I or, do. I, yeah. I think the cost benefits is, is an easy, obvious thing. But I think the other side that people tend to forget about is the, the amount of organizational energy a company has. Right, which is the sum of your people times the hours in a day times the weeks in a year. Yeah. And what percentage of that group is focused on mundane tasks like updating servers and keeping them, you know, secure and, you know, sort of dealing with all that. And it, could you reallocate that into um, people focused on driving better experiences for your customers? Right. And so how much of that energy do you want to do? And I, I saw a really good Twitter thread around this um, that basically you get the opportunity to, one of the hardest things to build and find are great people. And so when AWS or GCP or Azure is letting you get access to talent and you pay by the minute, right? And, and it is talent, right? At the end of the day, managing the servers and managing yep. all those workloads for you. That's such a rare thing to have that opportunity. Take it when it presents itself and then reallocate your organizational energy to be focusing on what matters, which is your own business. So that point one in favor of public cloud is efficiency. You're fine, I'll concede most of them. Mm -hmm. Because the the points in favor and the point against are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, so point one in favor is efficiency, and I totally get that. And it's not just smaller companies um, it's not just lowering the barrier to entry to certain sectors for smaller companies. It's also larger legacy companies creating efficiencies by getting rid of their existing data centers and just going, fuck it, let's get Amazon to do it or whatever. Yeah, um, you're just not buying. You know, it's not good news for Hewlett Packard, is it, really? Because yeah. they're only selling them to Or Dell or Intel. Well, no, I mean, perhaps, but, but you go look at the earnings calls <laughs> of like those guys in Intel and AMD about the cloud. Yeah, they're know, just flogging it to. Well, they want to be able to. They want to sell their, yeah, exactly, their chips to those guys. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean. If, but you, you wonder, presumably, with greater efficiency come, becomes comes less duplication and redundancy. So, presumably, while they could sell to like a football field size data center. At hyperscaler, that might theoretically. I'm just just um, yeah thinking out loud here. That might theoretically be less than selling to a hundred different people who were having to do their own thing. But either way, I mean, I also take your point about the inevitability of it. You know, um, I think Apple and you, you were just showing your lovely shiny new my iPhone new, 13. Yeah, my new 13 Max. I, mean, I remember covering when I was more consumer tech focused. I remember covering them when they. Um, 
and they were coming out of products that are cannibalizing their own successful products that like they came out i don't know if it's the iphone or or, or maybe it was the um the the iphone without a modem what they used to call that the ipod deluxe or something like that yeah yeah um and it was cannibalizing other stuff they had but you know they would always talk about people like sort of Kodak and Polaroid and people who didn't people who held on to their legacy shit for too long yeah. until it was too late and then other people had stepped in when they could have got there so yeah in terms of inevitability i get all that as well but before i before i sort of get into the pushback side of it so point one efficiencies what about the what about the extra wins that you get on top of efficiency from being a telco in the public cloud why don't you tell us a bit more about that yeah i mean <clears throat> I think a lot of people see the public cloud as outs- data, data center outsourcing, right? And Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, has quotes out there where he was like, it's outsourcing. Why would I outsource this when I have it, I have it in-house? And over the course of probably like six or seven years, he starts to realize that there's um, technical capabilities, software that the public cloud vendors provide that he can't buy and put in his own data centers. And that um, software is available as almost Lego pieces that you can assemble together and reduce the amount of code that his developers have to write. Right? You can assemble these Lego pieces into new applications and new offerings in minutes, yeah. right? in hours, which previously used to take months or maybe years. And so um, the speed of business, right, feature velocity, Right? He could add it to old legacy systems without having to go through an upgrade. He could put out new ideas and experiment them with them in smaller batches and see if the idea works. And he's like, aha, I get it. Isn't, isn't some of that an argument in favor of the cloud and virtualization and softwareization in general? I mean, yeah, but I think, I mean, these are tools that these guys have been using in their own businesses, like either Google in search or Amazon in retail, that they've now commercialized and made available for anyone to leverage, right? Yeah. And they're sharing their innovation with the world. So you and, don't have to reinvent the wheel, it's all there. Right, you're like, hey, I need to do some crazy AI or machine learning on a big, huge set of data, instead of having to figure out all this stuff out, or like use a new kind of database that scales automatically, I can just use it. And so I think that's the piece that people miss about. The, I think even still in telco, people miss that, right? They, they kind of focus on the efficiencies of the cost or I don't have to have my own team or yep. I can shut down data centers. But once they start building with these Lego pieces and we're going to do it in a week, I'm participating in TM Forum's Digital Transformation World Series. We're going to create a new um, feature in an, in an application in 20 minutes and code it live. And I'm- are there people a lot of people like, just out of interest that you, you know because we talked about the, the job side of it before um, that would just be at a telco involved in looking after it's not just about cutting out on the equipment that you're spending because then you're going to rent it through um, AWS but you, you've actually got big teams involved in just looking after all this stuff well yeah I mean there's new skills that you have to have that I don't think telco really has a lot of and yeah. it's the hottest um, tech skill out there. You're competing against big names like Google, AWS, and Azure to attract it to a telco. The compensation plans of a telco versus AWS, where they're giving out stock and equity. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be really hard to build those teams. But um, but yeah, I think that when people get those skills, um, their value in the market goes up 20 to 30%. I think the types of skills no longer are just pure technology, but technologists need to understand um, the financial impact of a decision of, you know, how are we going to, you know, AWS will offer different licensing pack- packages. So you could add 
license it for it's a reserved instance and you hold on to it for a period of time or sometimes it's not and you you know you're willing for that machine to go away and take a little bit of risk it's cheaper yeah right and so kind of thinking about when do i want a reserved instance that's more expensive because this is a workload that can't ever go down whereas this is a financial system that's not really work used on the weekends or nights and it's a little bit cheaper and so and so that combination of technical prowess and understanding how to value the technology with the financial implications of those decisions is a whole new skill that we haven't begun to talk about, right? Yeah. So, you know, a great example is just to, uh, yesterday saw AWS announced Graviton2 is available on Lambda workloads. Lambda is serverless, right? And so this is not Kubernetes, right? But this is kind of another type of application. And so you get 34% price improvement if you move your workloads off of Intel chips onto Amazon's proprietary custom Graviton2 chips. And so you're priced by... God, I don't think I even realized they had their own chips. Did yeah. you realize that? Yeah, because we talked about it before. Those are the ones that Dish wants to use in its ARM-based chips. I'm getting old. I forget stuff that I knew a couple rollout. of weeks ago. How, how old What's your name again? What were you going to say? How old, I wonder. Yeah. How old are you going to be, Scott? I mean, if I... I, I get the benefits and everything. If I was gonna, if I was gonna start raising objections, and I run about this a lot, I'd say that the thing that strikes me that's odd about the the way telecom is approaching this at the moment, perhaps, is there seems to be this preoccupation with um, diversifying the market in lots of different areas, mm -hmm. and you know they're they're very very concerned about being overly reliant, for instance, on companies like Ericsson and Huawei and, and Nokia, uh, and you you even see that in some you know the, some of the bits of the equipment market. And the and the irony is that they're I mean maybe they're not there's not much of a concern because they haven't really gone into the public cloud at the moment yeah. but it seems to me that they should be thinking well do we replace that type of of lock-in if you like with a different type of lock-in where we do a deal with AWS and we've put all of our systems in the in the in in into its you know into its public cloud and there aren't really that many alternatives and from talking to people it sounds like switching between AWS and, and Microsoft might be even harder than, than it is to kind of swap out a, a, a mobile radio access network yeah. and, and change to Huawei. And that would be, that I suppose that would be my number one kind of, push if back. I was going to push back on it, yeah. Yeah, you kicked start. off the pushbacks phase. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to be awkward about it and say, well, I, I get the benefits, but here's why I'd sort of yeah. raise concerns about yeah, it, that yeah. would be my number one one, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what that leads to is this thinking around building my workloads in a way that I can re patriate them back somewhere or move them easily. Right. And I think that leads you to choosing tools and systems that um, can be moved, right? You don't pick a, a, a proprietary database of Amazon, you know, or Spanner. You, I think you, you I wrote an article Spanner. about this. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. I, I mean, so that wasn't me, something I knew. I actually talked yeah. to James Crawshaw, yeah. who's, been at, you, know, you know James. I know I mean, James, he doesn't yeah. talking about. Right, so, so Spanner's but, a proprietary yeah. database of Google, but like right. DynamoDB is a proprietary, they all have their proprietary, Cosmos yeah. DB is, is Azure, right? Yeah. They all have these proprietary, not just databases, but the Graviton2 chips, right? They don't yeah. exist in any other public cloud. Yeah. And so I think the danger of that is like, okay, well, we're going to keep our workloads on Intel, and give up a 40% price improvement on our workloads, right? Needing less machines or needing less time on those machines, right? Because I want to stay agnostic and I want to be able to move. And, um, you know, you have that problem today, right? With Oracle or with Amdocs. You can't switch off of those guys easily. Right. You have it with your, your kit. You're always going to have this. And mm. so, Brenda Locken. You're always going to have, I mean, you just, 
You are, right? I mean, and so I think with the public cloud, with it being API-based, like all of the services are API-based, almost always there's a mapping, you know, of like, you know, there's a, a database like Spanner at at Azure and at AWS. Yep. And so, yeah, you'd have to update it and stuff like that. I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. It's possible. But I, I wouldn't go, oh, I'm scared of that lock-in, and so I'm going to build my workloads in a way that they can move at any time. And I think you give up a lot of the benefits of the public cloud when you do that. And so if that's where you're going to end up, I'm like, keep everything on-premise then. Right. But, right. That, but that speaks to the core pu- objection, pushback, concern that Ian and I have discussed on the pod. So you seem to be saying... I'm doing a bit of active listening here, make sure I've understood you correctly. You seem to be saying that if you're going to get the best out of public cloud, you've got to be all in. And then that feeds our concern about being all in and surrendering that much control to a third party. I mean, the one I was, you know, I've got, as you may have gathered, because I know you've listened to a few pods, Mm -hmm. as you may have gathered, I'm things like sort of freedom of speech, censorship, civil liberties, that sort of thing are a big thing for me for whatever reason. Um, and there was, uh, at the start of the year, there was this uh, social media platform called Parler. Yeah. Which I didn't particularly use. Yeah. But I was pleased it existed as an alternative to Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. Uh, and then it got branded as Trumpist or far right or yeah. whatever. Whatever terms we use to conveniently other people. Yeah. And Cancel. And, cancel, cancel, yeah. Culture. Exactly. Uh, and, and then one thing led to another and AWS kicked them off. And that, to me... You know, and I'm not that bothered about Parler in and of itself, but that to me, it was symptomatic of the the almost the almost infinite power yeah. that that the platform that the platform has, and and then you're and you're saying that you got to go all in. You know, they're not going to kick off Vodafone yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but they could. I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be a weird business mm-hmm. decision to kick off a you know big multinational big, yeah. as opposed to a fringe little well, they, social they could media raise platform. prices is another one, I suppose, isn't it? That once I mean, at the moment, it's I need to talk about the the cost savings and the efficiencies. But once everybody's on these platforms, and there's only there's only sort of we're never going to use Chinese platforms, are we? Probably but <laughs> less <laughs> less likely than ever right now. Isn't it? So the, and well, and, the uh, other clouds are pretty far behind these. Well, days. you talked yeah. about that as well, Oracle, and who's the other one? There's only well, IBM. IBM is fake. That's pretty, I call it fake cloud because it's not right. really. It's not, so there's, I, mean, so I, mean, I don't know how an infrastructure good. company lost an infrastructure play yeah. to a retail company like Amazon, but IBM totally missed the boat on that. That is a good point. How did they? Do you think they were just slow? Yeah, I just, to, I, to recognize the opportunity. I was reading. Was I reading? Into this one. Go for yeah, it, go for it. Electric jellyfish, baby. Oh, six and a half. Do yeah, you want fucking that one? have it, mate. Or do you want the? Do you want the other? Um, hell yes. Oh, there's some more. Oh, the, since, yeti, since I'm, since I'm, I think I should have an electric jellyfish. Okay, great. Go for it. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> what was the hell yes like? Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah? Is it like a? Is a proper pale ale that we like drinking? Yeah. Cool. Approved. I'll have to ship, bring them more. Well, we've got two of each left in the yeti here. Put in the order when I come. I'll be back in December for the great telco debate. So, coming back. I keep remembering Who that. does the Great well, Telco Telecom debate? TV now. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it. Is that yeah. a oh, uh, Telecom they? TV thing, the Great Telco debate? Yeah, they, they right. used to be separate. I'm going to be uh, there with my pom-poms. Cool. <laughs> well, well, you're welcome back. you got an open invitation. Okay. Cool. We'll have round two. Yeah, I'll bring more beers. <laughs> yeah, got, I had a research. definitely got an open I had to invitation. ask people. Like, I have like beer-drinking friends that are experts. I'm like, which one would you bring? Do you like it? Well, I have a, one question before. <laughs> digress. Yeah. What are they called? Sour. Sours. I'm not like, a fan of sours. I, I sours. thought it was risky. It tastes a bit like I've, vomit. I don't yeah. think I've had one. 
sour so, beers. Oh, oh yeah, I know the nah, nan. Yeah, so I decided they were like, do they like sours? And I was like, ooh, what's a sour? And I was like, ooh, I don't. That's almost shakes. like a beer that's Mil not shakes. been well maintained in a British pub. Do you know, while, while we're going off on the tangent, I just remembered <laughs> when when I first met in inverted commas Danielle. So this is the first time we've met face to face. First time we met. So Danielle, um, this is a great story. Does a does a PR through Babel, uh, who we've mentioned a few times on this pod. In fact, they're the only of the of the three PR agencies that 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 sort of really got to know us. They're the only ones since Elena was on last week that haven't been on the pod. Yeah. So you know, Ian, Narell, Katie. I mean, Declan's <laughs> outside. Yeah. Um, they're all welcome if they fancy. I mean, you know, the thing the thing we do on the pod, which you know, I had a feeling a feeling um, we'd be fine on it, but. The reason we don't get sort of regular execs, we get I get incoming stuff all the time going, you know, my my, v, my VP yeah, of this, that and the on. other would love to come on. And it's like, no, it's they've got to be someone who's up for the chat. Yeah. Figured you would be and you've definitely proven yourself to be. I've got props. Uh, <laughs> and but one of the reasons I figured you would be is because this this um anecdote, um the first <laughs> sort of PR thing that, that Daniel did to sort of Try and introduce herself to the UK press. I guess this is so embarrassing. Was this? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't embarrassing. It was an interesting evening, though. There was this thing. This is in, this is while we we're in lockdown. Quite early, wasn't it? Was this about a year or so ago? Um, yeah, I want to say it was like maybe July, August. Right. Yeah. Um, so we we're all semi lockdown. We, we were still in that sort of initial phase of what the fuck's going on with coronavirus. Um, and so we did this remote thing where you hired this professional chef. Mm-hmm. You sent everyone to their house this this box of ingredients yep including a couple of decent bottles of wine i seem to remember yes. um and uh and then we all had to cook like, we, we had to set up a zoom in our kitchen mm. and we and all had cook to cook with the chef and we all had to cook with the chef and it was a total disaster well i don't think, I don't <laughs> think it was be, i mean you tell me what you think it was but i mean the it was a thing, disaster the biggest the biggest still fun the biggest yeah. criticism i have on it is that the chef Dwelt too long on minutiae, like just making a sort of Bernays type of sauce or something like that. Correct. Took half an hour. Wow. Um, Correct. And obviously, if he'd been more pragmatic, and he would have just. He would have just shipped sent, us. Yeah, sent shipped us, us pre made okay, Bernays or something. Bernays everyone had skills. No, he thought yeah. everybody yeah. was okay, a no one had skills. Never went to PS Most of the people were men. The men call in their wives. It's like so embarrassing. Oh, we're making Bernays sauce, which is anyone who is a chef. It's one of the most difficult yeah, sauces to make. Egg yolk and shit going I turned to my, I had a marketing person with me in the house while I was cooking. I turned to her and I was like, I've literally seen better looking vomit. <laughs> oh, it's split? My, my Bernays sucked. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. And I was like, just start drinking. I'm like, we're not serving this to anyone. We're not going to actually eat it. We'll order, you know, takeaway later. Right. It's basically like cheers, a mayonnaise. Cheers. And if it splits, it's horrible. I mean, yeah. it was awful. Yeah. And anyway, and I, but the, and, yeah. the, the reason, it, from my point of view, it wasn't a disaster. And I imagine for you as the client and, the, and you had a certain idea of the choreography and how it would play out. I can see why you'd think that. Is it was just novel and memorable, and and everyone's kitchen like a fucking bum would hit it because this, because this bloke had us doing sauces. I mean, and we're sauteing whisking stuff. shit. We're yeah. like, yeah. you know, we're making you know, clarified butter. And, and also, like, we hadn't yeah. necessarily been told that all this gear would be necessary, so everyone's having to leg it off. And they go, right now, just get a bowl and then you know, separate this from that and, and do all this. And and then so people were doing this, and there was no pausing. The bloke just didn't go, right, I'll leave you to just work that out for 10 minutes. Yeah, he was like, right, and now I do this. I was so such a disaster. I was lobbing stuff in the sink. There was like <laughs> breadcrumbs flying around. the level of skills that 
Was oh yeah, there was one that bit. Was... He got us to do these do these little breadcrumb balls, and they're incredibly fit. You had to sort of. I think that was the Bernays. Yeah, it was the Bernays. The Bernays. You then put breadcrumbs in, and then you rolled them into balls, and then fried them. And you can imagine <laughs> they're all breaking into bits in the frying pan. <laughs> it <was a> disaster. <laughs> At one point, the chef like we finally make the main chorus, which is some sort of like meat or fish, and he has on Zoom. He puts the pl- he cooks it, shows us like this is what it looks like. We're like okay, whatever. He puts it down. The his dog comes up and eats the meat. No way. <laughs> Excellent. Oh yeah, there are about <laughs> like, two or three types of disaster. meat that we have to deal with. As well. <laughs> this is such a disaster. <laughs> no. Oh my and god. Then, and then and then this whole thing. <laughs> presumably, Danielle hoped the cooking bit would last an hour max. Oh yeah. It's it two took hours. it took about two plus hours. Oh, so bad. Danielle finally got to do her bit of. I was you know, like, I don't even know I'm why I'm about. doing this. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, drink wine. Fuck. Katie, Katie, <laughs> who, I'm, who, I'm, who I'm good mates with. Well, so afterwards, was looking quite frazzled. After afterwards, we're like. Okay, next time we're just going to do like a wine tasting. or So mm. now I do cocktail making parties. Much yeah. simpler. Well, now you've learned Much that. better. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. yeah and it's, just, it's great. Just so, teach someone how to I have make a, a virtual really cocktail party coming like up on October 13th. Is it? Yeah, I'm going to host it. It's an F1 themed. F1 uses the public cloud in the pit. Okay. Do a race, you know, in the race decisions. Um, using the analytics of the public cloud. Go public cloud. And so we're doing, uh, Austin has an F1 track, mm. the Circuit of the Americas. Um, and the race is the following week. We actually have two races, I think, this year because Singapore relocated it to Austin because of COVID. So two F1. So I'm going to be at the track. There won't be any races there. And I'll have the turn one. Coda is famous for the most left turns in any of the F1 tracks. Right. And so yeah. turn one goes up into a hill and a very, it's like a hairpin. It's like left. a banked. So you'll NASCAR be able to see it. Probably because they were like, we're well, in America, it's like NASCAR, so we have to turn left. Yeah. yeah. I, gu- I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But um, so we're going to do an F1 themed wow. cocktail cool. party. Yeah. It'll be fun. Well, you certainly seem to have a imaginative approach to PR, which, which is good. And I've got to say, by the way, this. Um, Electric yeah, jellyfish. This electric jellyfish, which is six and a half percent, it doesn't taste like six and a half percent, does it? It's delicious. Which is even more it's dangerous. Nice. Do you want your your? No, I'm, I'm still working. And it's, it's a hazy IPA. He has normally got to get back and so, yeah. I mean, it's ha- multiple people rave about this beer. It's and it comes from a pizza place. Yeah. I know. They have these big, you know, craft. I want to go to Austin even more now. Yeah. But where were we? We were. Yeah, it was a bit of a tangent. You were talking about parlor and how okay. Yeah. So yeah, let's. So let me summarize I, mean, I know you know it already but yeah, for yeah. the sake of this pod let me summarize the pushback it's the, it's the consolidation of power it's the false economy of big companies thinking we can save a few quid by outsourcing all our cloud all our server stuff yeah. to someone else it's the um it's just the, the pushback on big tech which i'm sure you're aware there's quite a lot happening in the sort of legislative political sort of yeah, area yeah. they're all they've got to the point where we've got the big you know whichever acronym you use but i think you know it's, i think you call them the hyperscalers let's say let's say amazon amazon and google are probably the definitive ones apple's huge but more from a devices <coughs> and a consumer point of view facebook's huge but from from a specifically social media point of view and mm-hmm. there's one or two others that come up but i'd say App, amazon and google are probably the daddies as far as having incredible reach in everyone's life whether it's business life or consumer life i use gmail i use google everything i've got i've even got a uh, android yeah but it's not just an android it's a pixel yeah yeah but, but the other phone. one with um, the, the cloud specifically as well is the, is the sort of security side of it which i think we've talked about before on the pod you know i mean there's been quite a bit of coverage recently of things like 
you know, when, when Fastly had that outage and it brought down hmm. lots of lots mm-hmm. of different sites. I mean, if you have, um, you know, if you have a problem on a on a, on Tatogi, for instance, if it's a ch- one charger yeah. for lots of customer, yeah. lots of customers, do you then have this sort of ripple effect where it could affect? Whereas if it's just if it's just a sort of an on-premise solution, there was a security problem, then you'd be less. So, sort so of I guess exposed. we can summarise the objection, which I'll, I'll then pass on to you to, to sort yeah. of to field. Yeah, is it's that all your eggs in one basket? Mm-hmm. Objection. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, the public cloud, your your, your parlour point about their ability to censor you or kick you off, right? I mean, that is, you know, it is a possibility. It's not not it's not it's zero, right? Yeah. Now, I think your point about, you know, are they going to kick off a big, big brand like Vodafone? Maybe unlikely. And I think... But they could. But they could. And the thing is, is that I think executive teams at telcos, moving to the public cloud is a multi-year endeavor. It's a significant endeavor to move your workloads, move them right, optimize the pricing, understand the pricing, hire the teams. I mean, this is going to take a long time. And so you can't just move there in a dime. And so you can sit and wait and see how these things pan. Do, you know, I know, Ian, you brought up, it, you know, if it was regulated, I'd feel a little bit better. Or, you mm. know, if they put in, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, same, but, we go, same we go for social media, as far as I'm concerned, which is, which is like, almost like a consumer side of a similar coin. Mm-hmm. And so you can wait for those things to happen. But I think an executive, an executive team has to weigh, well, what is my next competitor going to do? And if they don't have those concerns and they start their mm. five-year journey in, right, and they start... You know, they don't get kicked off. Things get better. Things get cheaper. They get faster. And they have the ability to put out business ideas faster than you and start stealing your subscribers or stealing your enterprise customers while you're waiting for these things to be sorted. Right. Those are the things you got away. And I and, you know, I did an MWC keynote this year on the paradox of the public cloud. I do think there's two sides to it. It's not. 100% 100% no-brainer, good, you should do mm. it. I think there are some downsides, right? There's some risk. There's some, like, fastly, there's some issues where something goes down, you are potentially exposed. But I think the upsides outweigh yeah. the downsides. So it's a risk-reward argument. It in, is. In, in, in and summary. I think, you know, executives, you know... But that's honest of you. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it's one thing, from an English point of view, describing yourself as an evangelist, is not a positive because yeah. we we're stuffy old. Do you have a better word for me? Um, uh, oh, well, no, well, I mean not necessarily. I mean you, you, you sort yeah. of parodied cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. But both evangelist and cheerleader. I mean, obviously they seem, especially cheerleaders. Dif- I mean, by blindly, blindly devoted to that. Exactly. Yeah. That, it makes it's easy to assume that someone, and I didn't necessarily ever assume that of you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But and actually, if someone's got their agenda on the table, that makes things simpler. Yeah. Then you start from the position that we've had in this conversation you got your agenda we got ours let's see where they meet in the middle yeah, if yeah. at all yeah yeah um but yeah no i don't necessarily have a better word than evangelist i suppose um enthusiast supporter investor which is going to lead me on to another question i yeah, want yeah. to ask you yeah yeah um but yeah that's the only thing when you hear when i hear as with my english ears and yeah. i'm sure american ears are different when i hear evangelist I'm thinking, is this person just going to be a single issue, banging yeah. on about yeah, it, no, I mean, not listening to any counter-arguments? I think, I mean, it's different by country. Um, you know, the consideration of the public cloud is, is there a hyperscaler in-country? If not, is there one that's friendly? Can, are you able to do it? And it's, it is literally different country by country. Um, you know, a conversation with Russia is going to go very differently than a conversation mm. with Canada. 
right? And so, I mean, I have my team researching, like, what are the rules for, you know, when I go talk to someone, yep. what are their, what's the rule for Bolivia? I don't know mm. what it is. There's not a hyperscaler there. There's not one coming anytime soon. What should a right. Bolivian telco do about the public cloud? And so... I think, uh, yeah, I think each leadership team has to consider it. They got to consider, you know, the market and what their competitors are doing. And if no one's doing anything, and would it be better if the public cloud wasn't around? Maybe, well, but it is here, and you got to deal with it. But uh, the the telco issue. I mean, we talked about this a bit, a bit earlier, but just coming back to it, there's a yeah. lock-in issue, which does seem to be quite. A, I mean, I talked to Orange this week. I mean, I think you yeah. read the article yeah, actually, yeah. and and they interestingly raised this point about we've we've been talking about Ericsson and. Um, and Huawei for ages, and, yeah. we, and we need to be careful with the public cloud that we don't have yeah. another sort of form of lock-in. I mean, is there? Because I, I know I know you don't like that expression, cloud, than... ag- cloud agnostic. You've sort of objected yeah. to in the past, yeah. which sounds like a, a, it's one of those terms that gets thrown out to suggest that you could sort of move things around quite easily. Yeah. But is there? something that can be done to sort of address that concern. You know, if, if there was a point, let's say, in the future where someone had gone all in on AWS, well, someone has, Dish, Dish kind yeah, of has, and yeah. then they went, well, actually, we want to go to Microsoft Azure, that it, it could be done without it becoming a sort of multi-year, you know, I mean, massive investment project. I think them. it's easier to move to a different cloud than it is to move from on-premise to a public cloud. Right. And when you do that first move from on-premise to the public cloud, the softwareification, I think that was the word you used, like moving everything into software. I mean, it's easier to move things around when it's software than versus hardware, right? Presumably, depending on how much of the proprietary stuff from the cloud you're using. you have. At the right. And I, I took your point earlier. I thought that was a really good one. You know, if you're really worried about it, if you're a Scott level of paranoid about it, Don't then it. then use... Wait. non-proprietary sort of you can do that but there was a really good blog but then, yeah you're sorry to butt in but then yeah. your your point also seemed to be that if you do that you lose some of the benefits but the isn't that one of the things about Totogi though that you're I mean you're based on AWS and to, 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 to sort of use that you'd have to be on AWS as I understand no I mean what we're providing is a managed platform so it's a okay. little bit like Salesforce like do you know where Salesforce runs right. no do you care? Doesn't really matter. And so we've made that decision, right? And it's it's going to be hard for telcos because they're so used to dictating. Like literally they tell vendors, well, we use Oracle databases. Yep. So your product has to support it. And then the next guy's like, well, we're a Microsoft shop. We do SQL Server. Forcing vendors to now support two different databases for the same product. I mean, and because that's what you guys picked. Yeah. And the rest of the world in software has moved like, nope, we manage the whole stack. You're not going to pick these different technical components within it. If you want to use our product and our service, like Salesforce, you don't know what database they're running on. You don't care. You just care that it works. But, but could a telco be all in with um, uh, Microsoft Azure? And, and be able to make use mm-hmm. of Togi. They could Correct. do that. Yeah. They can. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so it'll, it, it doesn't matter where you're, I mean, you're going to have integrations to other systems and yep. they may be on-premise, they may be in another public cloud and, and we can work with those those okay. things. I mean, just we're just trying to, to expose the layer that matters, which is what are your tariff plans? What are your, that's the differentiation, right? I mean, I think if, if another thing you guys talk about is if you give up all the stuff, are you giving up your ability to differentiate yourself as a telco? And I like to argue the differentiation isn't managing the Dell servers. The differentiation is yeah. in the topmost layer, which is what are your tariffs and what's your value proposition to subscribers? Yeah, although I'd say, I mean, I'm looking, looking at this over maybe 20 years, yeah. which is the, the transition that you think might happen. I mean, there's a lot of concern. It has been for, for ages now about the internet companies as 
you know, this is broader than public cloud. It's some of the stuff that Scott was just talking about, them being real sort of challenges on the services side to, to, to telcos. And, you know, we see the impact they've had in retail or, or, or whatever it yeah. might be. I mean, do we get to a point where, I mean, Microsoft in particular seems to be very, very interested in being a, a big kind of communications force. It has yeah. a massive portfolio of offerings now. Yeah. Does it get to a stage where all these networks are really just sort of utility firms run by a, a, a small number of public well, I, clouds in yeah, the next 20 yeah. years? Yeah, I mean, and I don't think they'll be... It's quite a philosophical sort yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, I don't... Forward, I think, you know, running a network... Right. I don't think the public cloud vendors want that business. Yeah. Right. They're going to leave it to the telcos. Right. And so no one wants that business. Right. It's a hard business to run. So I don't think that's the threat. And I think number two, these guys are software people at their heart selling to a very, you know, they want to sell to everyone, all the enterprises. I don't think they're going after. That's not like an easy adjacency for them of like managing. So, so you don't think the. The hyperscalers, the public cloud companies would get into, for example, BSS, OSS? Um, I mean, I don't know that they have uh, industry-specific offerings in right. other industries. Like, let's take fintech. But that doesn't seem like an unlikely evolution. So one of the things, one of the things that fuels my, for want of a better word, paranoia, yeah. is I know compared to my contemporaries, my mates, yeah. I see something happen, and I'm always extrapolating it yeah. I'm going okay what's the fucking precedent that's been set here yeah. what's going to happen five years down the line as a result of this like a lot of the stuff that's been going on during the whole COVID thing a lot of the restrictions of civil liberties you know, some people are like alright Scott calm down we're just trying to get over a pandemic and I'm like yeah but now we've set the precedent that the state can insist on this not insist on that can yeah. mandate this mandate that and that's fine not everyone's like me and I'm not even saying I'm right I'm just, uh, just admitting my biases and, yeah. and all yeah. that sort of thing but I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from for me. I, I think, okay, this is fine now, but what about five years down the line? You know, if I use social media, if Facebook can stop me posting loony conspiracy theories about, about the COVID public now, about, about, <laughs> about public, public cloud. No, I haven't, started, I haven't started censoring people on that yet, but it can stop me saying that, you know, it's all conspiracy by the CIA or whatever Actually, bullshit you, someone YouTube, might make up. YouTube just announced they're going to delete I know, I wrote about that today. I wrote about that today. Really? Um, so yeah, if YouTube, well, that's a good one. I just wrote about it today. If YouTube can say that we're restricting all, all content that is skeptical about the mainstream medical consensus on COVID. No, no, this one is about anti-vaxxing videos. Yeah, well, that's... That's what you said. No, you're, you're broader than what this... Yeah, well, because I think it is that broad. Anti-vaxxing sounds, anti sounds like you're just dealing with nutters. Um, I think, I think they're, they're going to censor people who just go... Who just express, express scepticism. That's too much of that electric jellyfish. Much that it is. I'm so sorry, but also uh, tell me how much you love the public cloud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but but that's the point. I'll extrapolate that. You can get you can get done. Let's even if even if we frame it your way, you can get done for being an anti-vaxxer today. But can you get done for being an anti-something else tomorrow? But anyway, mm. I'm not saying I'm necessarily right, and maybe I'm too twitchy in that way. Maybe I should take it down a notch. But that's what that's what I apply to my biggest concerns about the public cloud is it's like okay i mean i mean you can leave at any time right like what's so great about the public cloud unlike some of the vendors that we have in telco where you sign multi-year deals 
right? And it's it's really hard to get out of these contracts. I mean, I think Oracle very famously, it's very difficult, right? right? They they come and audit you. They find how you're not using their license, right? Oh, here's this hefty fee. We're gonna choose. So they're, they're, they're quite popular with the government customers, aren't they? Oracle? Right. I mean, they, I mean, so like Oracle's the, the famous SLA, for this. The SLA is set up such that it's punitive to leave. Which, which well, seems well, they have to be the right to. Describing. Well, they have the right to audit you when they find they always find something wrong. Right. They come in with a. Why do they have the right to audit? It must be cheeky. It's in the. It's in if their I wanted to stop using, like, I'm with EE for my well, phone. It's a trade. You can come fucking audit me if I wanted to go to Vodafone. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Well, no, I mean, you install their database on premise. Right. right, they give you install discs or an or a download. You use the license key in other places. Yeah, they love that database to kind of proliferate through the organization. They cut. They're like you. Microsoft does it too, right? They come and they say you have X number of licenses for Windows or Office or whatever, and when you're out of compliance, they hit you with the bill. It is their right. I mean, you're you are stealing their their license, so they come in and they they want to because you're you using up. it wrong. You, well, you you've installed it in too many places, and you oh, haven't I paid. See. Oh, so people being cheeky when you've paid for hundred licenses and you use and you use one fifty or yeah, one ten, yeah. right? Oh, I see. So that's why they have to have the audit capacity. So that they makes do, sense. and so they come in and like we found it on these places, and you're like, holy shit, that's a big number, and they're like, well, sign it, you know, hey, whatever. Maybe, maybe we can work something out. We can work something out. <laughs> we right? Why don't you use our Oracle Cloud? <laughs> right, and then they're announcing Oracle. Might get my Marlon Brando fake, voice fake, out. Uh, fake clouds. Fake cloud. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of? Um, I mean, just looking at the Chinese, because we're just saying that we're probably not going to be able to use those clouds here yeah. anyway. But Huawei's quite keen on being a big. Well, it says it is a that's, big cloud player now yeah. in, in that's China. That's his, in, in, that's, that's his big pivot. And, well, I, I, think, and I remember talking to James about this, yeah. uh, James Crawshaw. And he was really sceptical that they'd have any chance at all of taking on Alibaba. And for the same reason, he said, well, what would you think if Ericsson said we're going to be a public cloud player? Yeah. Well, the Yanks um, aren't going to allow it for starters. Excuse my use of that No, word. no. I don't I, mean it in a pejorative way. But okay. I'm not talking um, about them doing it in America or the West. I'm talking about them just, doing it, it in just China in general. and yeah. in Asian countries that oh, are friendly to yeah. Huawei. Do you think it has an opportunity there to... to well, on the grand or, scale of clouds, right? I think the reason when I talk about the hyperscalers, I talk about three guys, right? Yeah. Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, yeah. right? Even Alibaba is, even though it's been around for a while, is significantly behind, and it's behind in that they're more infrastructure providers versus the software component, right? right. The databases, the services, yep. the AI, the analytics, the machine. All I mean, AWS has 160 servers uh, services that you can buy. And it's growing every day. Every time, right? It's just, they're just announcing, announcing. Yeah. So Alibaba is behind that, as is, you know, Oracle. And IBM is behind that. And now Huawei is coming up. They're they're behind all those guys, yeah. right? So your chances of catching up, unless you're all in like AWS and like just building it like crazy, I think I think it's low. Well, that's where you've really got to give respect to Jeff Bezos and, and that, that lad who's taken over now that Jeff Bezos is fucking flying into space the whole time. Andy Jassy. Andy Jassy, Jassy yeah. yeah. Um, that's you know, him then. My, you he know, used I'm from, to be head of AWS, didn't no, he? No, I know. Yes, he was. No, so, yeah. that's, why I'm, that's why I'm giving him props. Well, you know, his, I mean, they're, they're his head Blue of the Origin is from, I was born in El Paso, Texas, right. and Blue Origin is like a couple hours away. Right. So he flies into... And, and stays in El Paso. So no. yeah, I mean, total yeah. respect to, to oh, all these people. You know, while I, totally, he's singing Marty Robbins' song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you should pull the microphone in and use that as your we promo. Have for, we should have a little one minute, one minute. No, how does it go? It's about Pierre I met Kruger. a girl from El Paso. Do it. I, out in West Texas, in a 
out in the west texas town of el paso i, I fell in love, love with, with a mexican, mexican girl, girl. i am mexican yeah. i've never heard that way yeah yes. so that's, that's your roots mexican yeah i am mexican with a name like royce and it's hard to tell my husband is not mexican <laughs> what was your what was your maiden name rios okay that's very mexican yeah it is means yeah. Rivers. <laughs> means, yeah, exactly. danielle rivers yeah cool yeah um I'm gonna. But you were talking about Jeff Bezos. Sorry. Oh yeah, no. So the only the only point I want to make, you know, while while I'll push back and I'll get twitchy about the size of these people, they're there on merit. I mean, Jeff Bezos, Andy Jaffe, is that his name? Jassy. Jassy. Um, you know, and and the Google people and the Microsoft people and all these people, you know, I mean, Microsoft's a story by itself. I've been covering them since they were still mainly a box software for yeah. company, and so they're pivot. It's pretty substantial. And they've mm. done it all. Once they got rid of nutters like Steve Barmer and got this guy, <laughs> oh. Nadiella, in, yeah. um, they, they've done a great job of it. So Bill Gates can go off and keep saving the world, bless him. Yeah. Um, I mean, they I mean, they spent $100 billion last year in CapEx. Really? Right? Every time they build a region, it's like it's Amazon, it's about $3, bil- $3 billion of investment. Exactly. So they, they, they deserve I mean, it. Insane. And they deserve it from a consumer point of view. I mean, I buy, I probably spend more money as a consumer on Amazon. Probably the only company I spend more money with than Amazon is fucking Sainsbury's. But the, and that's because that's where my dinner comes but that, from. That's what, that, that's what scares me in a way. It's that they're so... People used to get scared of oil companies, didn't they? And energy companies a few years ago, more than a few years ago. And now it's you look at the the, the, the ones that have got two trillion two trillion dollar mark market yeah. capitalizations. I mean, there's, there's a few of them there, aren't there? Apple, yeah. yes. I mean, Microsoft the, above I mean, the trillion dollars. Yeah. And then you look yeah. at the resources they've got and how much they can spend on R and D or whatever it yeah, might be. But and you know, they think, can well, the market nobody if they else to. can really come along and do anything to, to compete. Yeah. It's just too hard. Well, for I mean, anybody. I am fighting for Telco to not be a dumb pipe, and I'm fighting for Telco to fight off the OTT vendors and the siphoning of R two. Um, oh, Arpu, sorry, my beer is talking now. R two D two. Star Wars <laughs> of Arpu. I I believe that we can fight back and we can win. Well, but, I think that's a good message. Yeah, but I, I completely think, agree with you on that. Yeah, but you you got to start doing things differently and yes, stand, well, and, and really go over point. the top on their investment. But this is, I suppose, this is not what we've talked about that much on this discussion. Is is if you you know if you do take the positive line of the public cloud and then what it allows operators to do. We've just been talking about costs, but you do think it would sort of free them up to, yeah. to, to well, actually try. That was your message at the start when you were talking about your, your company. It's, yeah. it's that, that agility to, to bill in a bespoke way. I mean, to offer an, I mean, talk about people who have more data about us, right? You're worried about all the data they have on us as they, as mm. they right, the big tech companies. Telcos have a lot of data about you. Yeah. You carry your phone with you everywhere you go, including the bathroom. Right. I mean, it, it, they know what you're looking at. They know where you're driving. And that data is powerful. And we don't use it as telco. And they've got a unique billing relationship as well. Right. I mean, so why at, doesn't telco. In Africa tel- transcends the whole banking system, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, telco, you, you know, has to validate your identity to give you a SIM. You can present a telco bill to get a mortgage or buy a car. Right, it's a trusted thing. Why doesn't Telco own digital identity? Why does Apple have a wallet installed on the phone? Why isn't the Telco wallet? And so there is opportunity there, and go get it. But you gotta, you gotta give some stuff up. You gotta stop focusing on the plumbing, and to get to these other things, you gotta take the risk on the cloud and use those tools because they're the best tools out there. And so that's what I'm fighting for. I'm like, let's go win again. And maybe that's my cheerleader nature coming. No, out. and I think <laughs> actually, I think. 
if if that's right, Ian, I think that's a good point to summarise it on. I think you've stated your case very well, and I I don't have a strong pushback on that particular yep. case. You know, the, the the reservations about you know big tech being the matrix and all that will always be there, but I think you've made the great point of um, well, one, what's the alternative? Yeah. Uh, and two, I, I I suppose you know, it's managing it. It's having service level agreements. It's having regulations. It's having something such that that power isn't is capped yeah. and such that the people who choose to go all in on the public cloud have some protection if that public cloud provider turns capricious as they did with AWS and Parler. Yeah. That would be it. I, I want to squeeze in a couple of other topics in sure. the brief time we have. Um, are you all right? It is very brief. Shoot off. Um, yeah, it's very brief time. It's going to be like <laughs> yeah. five or so minutes per topic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What are we saying, Pierre? How much yeah. time we got? Yeah. It really is five Seven minutes. minutes per. Seven minutes per topic. Okay, we can really let our hair down. Um, because because we always have three topics, and I think we should have three this time as well. Squeeze in three. So, Let's do it. But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a strict thing. I'll um, I'll present it. I'll pass it to Ian, then to Danielle, and then maybe conclude and move on to the next thing. So yep. we won't have a two and fro. Okay. be more like debating society or something. Okay, great. Okay, so first thing I want to talk about is, <laughs> I suppose, geopolitics. So that's a nice, easy, concise subject that we can just cover in five <laughs> nice minutes. Nice and small. Five minutes. Great. The world. <laughs> Um, specifically, I mean, we just touched on it. I think it was breaking when we did the pod last week. But there's been this ongoing case with um, Huawei CFO and daughter of a founder called Meng... Meng Wanzhou. I, keep, I can't remember. I said it won't stick in my head. It's actually pronounced Meng Wanzhou, I think. Meng Wanzhou. Okay. Mung. Although I, she's I also, said Ming. She also has Sabrina as the first name that she uses sometimes. Yeah, mm. but not often. Anyway. Depends what mood she's in. <laughs> she's in a Sabrina Call me Sabrina. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been in a Sabrina kind of mood from time to time. <laughs> Um, and uh, and she'd been held in under house arrest in Vancouver in Canada um, because America wanted to extradite her over this very involved, very complicated case about whether or not um, Huawei had tried to deceive America so that it could do business with Iran, which was... Uh, well, it was about deceiving HSBC banks specifically. Okay. Um, and cut a long story short, after two years, they sort of cut a deal. But the way I characterised it was America kind of threw in the towel. Mm. Now, there's this big long, they got her to do some confession going, yes, I've been a naughty exec and I shouldn't have done it and I'll never do it again. But basically, everything America was trying to get initially, they didn't get, i.e. she got to fuck off back to Canada. There were no charges. She's on some kind of weird international law parole whereby if she does a similar thing again, which obviously she's not going to do, uh, then they get to have a go at her again. But she's not going to make well, a mistake. Well, that's ridiculous because she's in China, so they're not going to extradite yeah, her, are she's they? probably just not, not going to make a mistake of <laughs> travelling through anywhere that like Canada again. Yeah. Um, I think that but, was a face-saving thing. Yes, I thought yeah. it was face-saving. But the thing is, while I happily characterise it as a, an American defeat, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I don't think I, mean, I think I might have said humiliation, but that could be me being a bit hyperbolic in my write-up. Um, it might be a minor humiliation, but on the whole, I think it was for the best. Firstly, I don't think the case against her was that great. Secondly, and more importantly, I think it was. It it feels like a bit of a high watermark for all the aggro that's been going on between the US and China, mm. where they've sort of had a presumably there's been some political chat behind the scenes. They've had a little word. They've gone, all right, I'll tell you what, well, we'll knock it on the head. She can come back. Lo and behold, these two Canadians who were held in captivity in China on, and weren't even charged for 18 months, 
suddenly got let free. So there's clearly some horse trading going on there. Or well, I the two no. Michaels. And um, who's he talking about? Um, <laughs> but, you know, and that's fine. It's all quite cynical. It's not, it's not the letter of the law. But maybe this marks a point where we realise, and maybe this is a post-Trump thing, and I'm not as down on Trump as a lot of people are, but he's a bit of a nutter. Maybe this is a post-Trump thing where things have got a bit more rational, a bit more sober. He says drinking his 6.5% beer. Um, and <laughs> Clearly. And, and normal business has resumed and people were just having a chat. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping that that marks a de-escalation. What do you think? Um, I don't think it marks a de-escalation. Okay. I just think, I mean, I don't think you're sending nuclear submarines to Australia when there's a de-escalation in geopolitics. I just think that... Nuclear-powered? That, yeah. What, what, let, you know, let's look at that, what it is. I, I mean, I don't see any other sense that Biden is, is relaxing his anti-China thing. I think this is a very much a one-off. I think the whole Meng case had become a bit of a sideshow in the dispute with Huawei. I mean, it, when it started off, it, it was almost an attempt, I think, to impose the kind of sanctions that they'd introduced against ZTE, which, yeah. which was also put on the entity list, if you remember, and for, they were, they were for doing pre- things were in Iran. Well, yeah. But, Huawei's, but Huawei, all that has happened in parallel to the Monk case. I mean, they've done everything they possibly can to, to cripple Huawei now on yes. the telecom front. Oh, yeah, no There's not anything they can do. If they tried finding it, it wouldn't pay. So I don't see that any of that's going to change. Um, well, I just think that her situation was... The case wasn't good. It was a flimsy case. Yeah. I mean... I don't know what they did, but let's be honest, you don't... Transparent companies don't set up front companies that sell equipment to countries like Iran. So there's a bit so of there's, So it, it's clear that it doesn't... It, it, from either perspective, it doesn't look good because, because you've always got that in mind. But at the same time, if, I mean, I went through all the HSBC documents that were released because they got sent to me and, and, and the, clearly staff did know about the relationship. Right. So, and, and Was it's, there a and, smoking gun? I mean, they those documents. I mean, this is going to. We don't want to get involved in this because it's going to go on for like two. Right, right, right. Okay, fair but enough. Those, I mean, it was very. I'll stop digging. It was very <laughs> ambiguous. Let's put it like that. I mean, there were clearly emails that showed that staff within HSBC knew that Huawei had a relationship with Skycom, you know, and and it's just a case of really how how high up the ladder it went. But I just so think it was getting to the stage where I just think it was getting to the stage where it was almost a bad thing for relations between Canada and the US because it was gonna yes, no it doubt. was gonna it was, the Canadian justice system was saying was probably saying, well there's probably not enough here to mm-hmm. extradite mm-hmm. her. And then what's the US gonna do? It's gonna try and lean on it. And I just think the whole thing had become a bit of a sideshow actually in the whole okay. I, I don't think it will change the direction of travel with China at all. I don't see any easing right. off on from Biden on that front at all. So Yeah, I mean but uh, like yeah yeah just one thing, uh, and we can wrap it up, is I, I think it was a tactic Trump employed often, which is uh, making perception feel like reality. Yeah. Right? And so... Kayfabe, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you know, arrest, lean on Canada, our, our friendly neighbor, um, get this favor done. Generate bargaining chips. Right, yeah. generate that, but then like, ooh, they're evil. It starts that whole train going. No one knows which if it's right or not. It takes time to sort out. No one's going to read all the documents. Yeah, like except that. Ian, because he's got no life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I mean, <laughs> telco execs, you know, it creates this little perception. Right. And it starts the train moving on, you know, well, wait, look, they are evil. Look at this. And yeah, yeah. it starts it. And yeah, it's, it. It's worked. I think I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah. I think yeah. totally PR and, and exactly. That's a tactic. Exactly. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Well, I think Daniel's but, but, characterization but, of Trump's. But, but now the, the, the Huawei's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's finished, but it's 
It's in Struggling. real trouble. It's in left the station a little I mean, bit. The, the trying call to they get had that... last week with yeah. how, what they were saying is going to happen to the smartphone business was yeah. much, much worse than I thought. Yeah. Oh, it really? Would be. I didn't know yeah, about that. Yeah, Can we talk four... about that? I wrote about it on oh, right. Friday but they on, or Monday, but they said 50 billion they made last year in smartphone revenues. And Eric Shu said it's going to go down by 30 to 40 billion wow. this year. Right. Wow. That's the decline. So like 80 to 90%. Yep. Ouch. So no, a PR tactic, right? That's it's a tactic you can use to like fight competitors, yeah. right? Yeah. And so public perception or what people think, and yeah. versus like the facts, yeah. right? Completely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, truth. so that so that was that was Trump's mo, and and I just wrote a thing today. There's been some new um, deal done between the US and the EU that just got announced, and and I think um, one of the biggest negatives of the Trump reign was relations between US and its allies. He was actually quite good at setting up like chats in the Middle East, hanging out with that nutter in North Korea and all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, maybe because he recognises a fellow nutter. <laughs> they, just, they just sit there going, bah! Right. Um, but he wasn't, he, wasn't so good at, he wasn't so good at hanging out with Europe and, and Latin <sighs> America and his allies. Anyway, um, my feeling is that there's a high watermark in terms of us facing down China. Xi Jinping's obviously got some ideas. Um, and, you know, sadly, and I regret this, but you look throughout <coughs> history, you look throughout history, most, most of the misery that has happened throughout history, most of the wars, has been blokes with big egos deciding to go and beat their fucking chest on the global scale. And the only language they understand is other blokes with big egos or collectives, but people who stand up to them, whether it's an individual or collectives. And what seems to be going better, Trump tried his bit. He tried his single bloke with a big ego thing. Biden, for all his many concerns about him, seems to be going for the more collegiate, let's just get a bunch of allies together, let's hang out with Europe, let's hang out with the UK, let's hang out with Australia, let's all get together and put pressure, a more sort of smothering, blanketing pressure on China to just fucking wind its neck yeah, in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I think that's probably better. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing is um, hyperscales, as we define them, or, or just super big US, big tech, tech. internet companies yeah. getting into consumer devices. Um, I don't know if we spoke about it last week. We might have touched on it. But Facebook did this big <laughs> thing on the metaverse. And the metaverse is basically how Facebook envisioned It's not just a Facebook term, but Facebook seems to be the biggest evangelist. <laughs> is it a DC Comics um, term as well? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Is it, isn't it? Might actually be a hero. Like people like Wonder like Woman. Some Thanos type of motherfucker. Anyway, um, Metaverse is is like taking VR, virtual reality, and augmented reality, and and another term, extended reality, XR, uh, into a sort of more coherent, more all-encompassing matrixy type of thing. You know, you know the basic plot of the Matrix, where you're actually not, you're in a virtual world the whole time. You just don't even know you are until you're red. You live in that. Yeah, yeah until you you're live red-pilled. in that world. Exactly. That's the metaverse, um, right? You can design your avatar like it's like the Matrix. Yeah, right. I look like Trinity, which P.S. would be my avatar because she's a badass. Yeah, right. She walks around in leather all the time. Might have to fight over Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I'll be. Uh, I think I'll be Lawrence Fishburne. He looks pretty. He's badass. cool. Um, but um, Is it, when's the yeah. new one out? Uh, the new ones out, yeah, new ones out soon. Christmas. Um, and they've still got Keanu Reeves, who still, to be fair to him, does look good. He's awesome. He's, yeah, he does he look good. Uh, even though he's getting on a bit. John Wick. I like him as John Wick, too. Yeah, he's got yeah. a funny beard and long hair. Yeah. So. Well, that's his sort of Bill and Ted. That's thing. his like, John dude. Wick character. Yeah. Course, yeah. 
I'd just like to see a whole film where Keanu Reeves just went, dude. Um, there is a YouTube that's video. The only line he had. You should put it in your show notes. There is a YouTube video with him saying "dude" a bajillion different ways. Yeah, yeah. Dude, well, that's it. like with different intonations. No one, like, no one says "dude" with a question mark. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's like yeah, no one says "dude" like Keanu wow. um, But um, so they, so Facebook was last week banging on a metaverse. And then launching all this product. So they obviously bought a company called Oculus a little while ago, and they're really into these um, VR headsets. And, and, and they sort of put up a blog. It was Nick Clegg again, <coughs> bless him, keeps rolling the dice. He can't mm. help himself. Um, about how we're going to play nice and, and we're going to be good. And, and everyone, basically, you know, even the US tech press, that I think often can be a bit too sycophantic to big tech, was just like, yeah, right. But they, weren't, they weren't having it at all. And then this week we've had Amazon... Um, uh, launched this robot called Astro. Yeah, it looks rubbish. Yeah, which is like a little, which is basically <laughs> like a little tablet on wheels that follows you around the house trying to be helpful. It looks like something like, that Clive you Sinclair would have come up with off. in the 80s. <laughs> you what? It looks like something that Clive Sinclair would have come up with in the 1980s. It's a bit, it's a bit clunky, and it still costs a grand in, in dollars. Oh, wow. Anyway, and so as uh, in, in the interest of time, that's, that's my introduction. Uh, you know, to you first, Ian... What do you feel about sort of big tech getting more and more involved in sort of consumer tech, consumer hardware, our daily lives, that sort of thing? I, I mean, they already are, aren't they? You know, it's... Well, more. It's relative, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, this brings it back to the public cloud issue, I suppose, which is why... It does a bit. I, it's a bit full circle. It's it, totally. It, it, it's, um, you know, I, I think it's a concern if you have companies that straddle numerous sectors and that have a powerful position in all of them, because then you don't have you potentially have monopolies across numerous sectors of the economy and there's just a huge distortion of, of control, I think, and power. And that will be, I mean, that to me, the, the, the clearest example of that at the moment, I would say, is a company like Amazon, which has a, a huge presence in everybody's lives, I think, from the moment they wake up to the moment you go to bed and is a huge force in the, on the organisational side and the government side as well with AWS. And and it's and I don't deny that it's brilliant at what it does. I, I re, it really mm. is. And it may, I mean, I'm a customer of and Amazon Prime. I use yeah. it all the time. And it's got where it has on merit. And That's so the thing. it's almost hypocritical to be saying it because I think its products are absolutely amazing. But but the but the flip side of the coin for me is just that you know who comes along and does something about that? Who can possibly challenge a, a company in that position okay. in the future? It's almost like that film, you know, Aliens when they're sitting in the boardroom at the start of the film. You know when when Ripley's been brought back from right. from sort of the deep sleep and she's and it's it's the company, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, company yeah. wants you to do yeah. this. It always makes me think of Wheeling yeah. in a kind of yeah. yeah, in a sinister way of yeah, and that, that's Prometheus, isn't it? No, yeah, it's, it's, the it's the same company. Yeah, but well, it's a recurring thing in other science fiction like is. Robocop or or Starship Troopers. Or You've always got this, this the this, man, this one private sector yeah, yeah. player that. that yeah. I mean, it's in Wally, right? It's, it's in big, Wally, you know, yes. big that's and. True. Big and large, small and large. Yeah, I yeah, forget yeah. the name of the corporation. Wally's a great film for a kids' it's, film. That's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. So, final yeah. yeah. word to you, Daniel, on the on the big tech sort of getting more involved in in, in more of the yeah. consumer side. Well, you know, again, bringing back to what I said, I'm fighting for telco to win. And then, you know, I think people are always wondering what the big five G killer use case is going to monetize the network. That's our big problem. How are we going to monetize the biggest CapEx? 90% of the CapEx is on spent on the network. And the metaverse is a huge opportunity for Telco to do that. Yeah. Right? For the metaverse to work, right? Ignoring all the paranoia of them, like, monitoring and the Astro, the dog, following you everywhere. Let's just assume you can get over that for two seconds. <laughs> I'll try. Right? 
the network is a super important key thing to make th- making that whole thing work, right? You need bandwidth. You need low, super low latency, right? For it to be real. Yeah. Certainly right? for, for, certainly need for res- streaming VR. You need resiliency. This is the fucking three things we all talk about all the time. And so telcos should be like, fuck right yeah, there. metaverse. I'm going to build tools like crazy for this to go, right? Okay, so how we good should- a job are they doing? Do you hear about them talking about the metaverse? Not much. Not at all. And I'm like, let's start with work tools. We just went through lockdown on stupid, I mean, Zoom. It was the best tool out there. Surely we can make that better. It's not the ultimate, is it? It's not great, Zoom, I don't think. I mean, it works. And our bar is so low. I have like a great feature I want to add to Zoom. Maybe for... It worked when we did our kit cooking thing. (laughs) But yes, I mean, right? Like, how much better could that have been? The pandemic, we would not have felt as lonely. What is that feature? Uh, Oh, my great idea for Zoom, which is on May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day. May May the 4th be with you, right? It's like May the 4th be with you. Oh, you definitely get on with Mary. She's she's mad about Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I dressed up as Princess Leia as a kid and when The Phantom Menace came out. I was like, I went to the you thing. You did the full Monty. Full on buns, not the golden bikini. <laughs> okay. But I did the buns. I'll, I'll get that image out. But I'm like, like, <laughs> but like when, um, when people are late to a Zoom call, they should, it should be like, you know, whoosh, like holodeck. That's Star Wars, but I mean, Star Trek. But like yeah. coming, it would be so cool. Like you could do so many cool things with Zoom. and Animation Zoom. Right? Like just yeah. cool. Yeah. And now we have like the big thing was like blurred backgrounds or like funky yes. backgrounds. Yeah. Right? And I think Telco's right in the heart of this. Right. You'd lean into it. You guys are looking. Do better. Yeah. So so to wrap it up, unless you've got anything else no, to add. that was my big idea. I know we're out of time. I think, you know, we know that we've still got some residual adversarial stuff on, on the matter of these big companies having so much power. But I think, I only speak for myself, but I suspect I speak for Ian, that on the matter of telcos doing a better job of getting involved in all this emerging stuff, the services being more than the dumb pipe, I think I think we all yeah, agree. I, I mean, that. I think we yeah. all stay in business if they win. So <laughs> yes. well, we would, want them to that win. That would be nice as Right, well. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We could write about them and, and they need to start jumping on these ideas and participating. And, and I think I see a lot of executives kind of whining about how regulated they are. I'm like, you can participate in the metaverse. You can build applications and, right? But you gotta get, I mean, to build the metaverse out, I think you do need to use the hyperscaler's capability, right? Yeah. You need to, right? And so you got- But it's not either or. And you can't start with the metaverse. You gotta start with the stupid, dumb, lame IT application and you gotta hire a guy and you gotta start learning about it. So get going. Sweet. Great note on which to end. Thank you very much, Danielle. It's been a pleasure. Super fun. Cheers. I had a blast. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll wrap it up there. Thanks a lot for watching and make sure you join us for the next one. Bye.